Welcome to Get Real with me, Dr. Friedman. If you want to live with greater purpose, authenticity, and empowerment, this is your time to upgrade your belief systems, unlock your true potential, and discover the endless possibilities of you becoming the creator of your life. The Dalai Lama said, sleep is the best meditation. Well, for many of us, in fact, 40 million Americans of us, that form of meditation is really hard to master. Do you also have problems sleeping? You may know this phenomenon, so you are ready to turn in, the day is done, but just the thought about going to bed already makes you anxious and nervous. Because there was too many times when you were just laying awake, tossing and turning or trying to be still because you didn't want to wake up your loved one and just struggling and fighting and not knowing what to do because you just couldn't fall asleep. Or you wake up after a couple of hours and then at one or two o'clock in the morning you cannot fall asleep and all you're thinking about is why? Why cannot I sleep? What's wrong with me? Tomorrow going to be a horrible day. I will never be able to perform or do what I need to do because I don't get enough rest. I feel more and more miserable. This is not a way of living. You know that mind spiral that you probably have been dealing with if you have been struggling with sleeping for a long time. And at some point you don't want to actually go to bed because it's almost like you have developed a phobia to your bedroom or to sleep itself, because it's just an excruciating, painful experience every night. Sleep becomes your nemesis and your bedroom becomes a torture chamber and you just don't want to go there anymore, but you also don't know what to do. And I completely get it because I had sleep issues, especially when I was in my early teens, when I went to high school and really got in trouble for bad grades and a lot of pressure was put on me to improve my, uh, you know, scholastic performance. I could not sleep in front of a uh, before a test. I was, again, tossing and turning and, and just so scared of if I don't get enough sleep, I will be not be able to answer the questions in the test and I will have another bad grade and I will get another, another uh, rundown from my mom and the only thing that helped was my cat, a big 30-pound cat called Lumpy, uh, because it was really lumpy. That cat could sleep anywhere. I could have placed it on Times Square and it would have just fallen asleep. So I took the cat, put it at the end of my bed, and I just felt so much more comfort by hearing it snoring and breathing and just being completely still. Somehow I was able to find that as my gateway to sleep. And Lumpy didn't mind, apparently. <laughs> well, not everybody has a Lumpy and actually not everyone likes cats. So what do you do? And that's what I want to help you with today. I want to help you to change your mind around sleep so that you're not so afraid of it anymore. And that sleep becomes more something that you feel empowered with than a topic where you feel hopeless or helpless about. And for that, I want you to focus on 
three different aspects that I find are really crucial for sleeping. One is the environment and the habits we have when it comes to sleeping. The other is the physical body. And the third, of course, the, the mental, emotional part of us. What can we do on all three levels to really improve our sleeping? Let's think about sleep differently. See, I think a lot of people feel sleep is similar to anxiety, something, you know, really uh, uh, difficult to grasp. It either comes or not, it's there or not, and you never really know. You know, while you don't want to have anxiety attack you, you would love for sleep to come, and but it feels very much random and, uh, and obscure. So what I want you to imagine is sleep being a friend. Just like Jules Verne, the, the French writer said, sleep is a friend. Sometimes, you know, the friend lets us waiting, but sleep is a friend that comes every night. And it's our job to create a, an environment spatially, but also physically and mentally and emotionally so that sleep has an easy time to arrive and feels welcome. Because after that, you don't really feel like sleep is, is uh, you know, again, something that you have to either chase after or wrestle down. It's more like an invitation. And we can make that invitation every night. And every night you can feel like, yeah, sleep is actually something that comes naturally. Because the fact is, sleep is natural. It is as natural as knowing that you're going to have another breath that once you exhale will be followed by an inhale. Or it's as natural as your heart keeps on beating and you don't have to control it. You don't have to focus on it. It just happens. And that's the same with sleep. So sleep will come. You just sometimes chase it away. I have chased it away plenty of times because I put too much pressure on myself. And you may have chased it away in other ways, like, for example, with your environment. The other day, I, I asked a, a client to show me her bedroom because she talked about she wants to create more order in her life. And when I asked her, she really blushed and said, oh, well, yes, but there's usually nobody coming uh, into my bedroom. So it's, it's kind of cluttered. Definitely a little understatement. But the problem is there is somebody coming and that is sleep. And of course, you know, you are coming into your bedroom. So see your bedroom as the reflection on how you want to feel when you go to bed. Look at your bedroom as a Zen temple that is easy for you to relax because everything that you have laying around, all the clutter, all this, you know, the books and the underwear and whatever you find is uh, something that your, your mind gets stimulated by. It's a trigger. Your mind sees those things and somehow it doesn't feel relaxed because there's really nothing to do. It feels like, oh, I should do the laundry. Oh, maybe I want to read this book again. Oh, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Oh my God, I have like old food here laying around. You know, that is where your mind goes. And that's why the environment is so important to be relaxed and Zen. 
I find it also important when you think about the environment to have it, of course, in a bedroom equipped with a nice bed, nice pillows, good mattress, have your windows hopefully nicely uh, shut and darkened so that there is not so much light coming in. Try to have uh, either something that cancels out the noise uh, or that you have a little sound machine or something you can put into your ears because quietness and darkness are just a natural gateway for sleep to come. And then also make sure that you are creating maybe a little ritual in your environment. I like to you know, have a nice little lavender oil scent, either in a diffuser or in a spray. Lavender relaxes you. And for me, it's always a reminder of the Provence and uh, that's, you know, where I feel home. And it's also good to have a little candle maybe lit before you go to sleep as a sign to, you know, now it's uh, this moment to unwind or you have a fountain and you hear this, this uh, water just uh, nicely, calmly splashing. All of those things are reminders for yourself. Okay. I'm now winding down and going to bed. So that's the environment. That's something that's very simple, right? I mean, you can easily do this. Now, how to prepare your body for sleep to visit you? First of all, if you cannot sleep chronically, it's always a good idea to go to your doctor and check out if there are any underlying physical issues, like a thyroid issue, or you have an allergy, or maybe you have asthma or you have a reflux. I mean, there is a ton of uh, physical problems that can prevent you from sleeping. Anemia, for example, or maybe you're in a menopause. Nothing really that cannot be resolved, but it's a good idea to check it out. Also, really think about your body as something that naturally loves to sleep. I mean, you know, there is just a desire for the body to rest. It needs it just to, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system uh, is necessary for healing, for filling up our batteries, for restoring energy. That's what happens when we are resting and sleeping. So the body naturally does it, but we are usually pushing against it. So if you feel like many of the French people here, uh, it's a good idea to drink an espresso right before you go to bed and then wonder why you cannot sleep. Well, it's pretty obvious. Or during the day, you know, when you're just feeling like you, you have to somehow get energy back with energy drinks or any kind of stimulants. And at night, then you feel, okay, I'm going to wind down with some heavy alcohol or smoking some weed or anything else. It's not really helping your sleep rhythm. It's all kind of getting to 180 kilometers or miles an hour and then wanting to go to full stop. And it's very jarring for your body. <clears throat> and especially when it comes to drugs and alcohol, it prevents you from really getting into this deeper REM phase, which is the, the dream phase. Actually, it's not the deepest phase of sleeping, but it's a very important phase of sleeping, rapid eye movement sleep. Uh, Often when we do take drugs, we just skip it. And then, you know, if this is where our mind, especially our subconscious, does all the dumping and forgetting of the day, if you haven't been able to dump this out, 
then you're naturally feeling not very rested. You feel still as if you had worked all night long. And so it's not the same result as if you have a natural occurring sleep. Forcing it doesn't really work that well. Dehydration is also something that your body often really responds with some kind of lack of sleep or lack of rest. So what you can do is drink enough water and not any other substances and make sure that you are relaxing your body, getting your body ready. An acupuncturist once told me when I was pretty stressed about, uh, you know, my business and my book that I just finished at that time, he said, you know, the best thing you can do is just take a shower at night. You know, if maybe at the end you just turn the water, the warm water off and just have 10 seconds of cold water, which really works well. And imagine that as you take the shower, all the stress and all the gunk of the day is washed off. It has worked like a charm, beautiful thing. What happens is when you have cold water, whether, you know, not everyone likes to have a cold shower, but whether it's a cold shower or you're just dripping cold water on your wrists, cold water stimulates that vagus nerve, which is the main nerve of the parasympathetic nervous system, this relaxation part of the autonomic nervous system. It's a counterpart to the, the, the sympathetic nervous system, which is all about fight and flight and stress. So to stimulate this, any cold water, the feet, the legs, the wrist, even drinking a glass of cold water or having a cold shower, all that stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system and automatically gets your body more ready to rest. Another way to stimulate, stimulate this parasympathetic nervous system is by tapping above the upper lips or gently pulling on your ears. You know, just like for five, six seconds. It's a beautiful feeling, actually. It feels really nice and it does relax your nervous system, this, this part that really is necessary for us to go into that sleep state. Humming works to stimulate the vagus. Chanting OM, scientifically proven, stimulates the vagus nerves, the parasympathetic nervous, parasympathetic nervous system. It's a tongue breaker. And also massaging your feet, which my wife is so good at. She can massage her feet and just, you know, get totally blissed out. And that's how she really gets into that relaxed state. Uh, another one is breathing, of course. If you're breathing slow, uh, Andrew Weil has developed this four, seven, eight breathing where you inhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, inhaling through the nose, exhaling through the mouth with a little sound. It also really works very well because it calms your entire system down. And lastly, with the body, what I think is also nice is this progressive relaxation where you're tensing up certain parts of your body. You know, you may tense up your shoulders and then you relax them. Or you tense up your hands for five seconds and then with the exhale, you relax them. All of those can be anchors for your mind I mean, for your body and your mind, that this is now clearly the time for us to create the landing pad for sleep, 
to visit us. I don't want to uh, promote any you know product here, but one thing I really love, and you might want to check it out because I certainly benefit from it a lot. It's called the dodo. It's this little blue light that shines to the ceiling, and you can breathe with uh, with a light as the light gets brighter. In you know for a period of six seconds, and then it gets dimmer for a period of six seconds. That also for me is just a super nice anchor. It took me a couple of weeks, but now, you know, at the beginning I was following the light for five, six minutes. Now it's a three, four breath and I fall asleep. So in other words, we can make our mind ready to unwind and to be that inner environment, this physical environment for sleep to come. And then, of course, the mind, you know, that's the one that struggles the most, especially if you had trouble sleeping and and just seeing sleep no longer as something that, you know, is deprived or you're deprived from or is something you have to fight with, but really seeing it as a natural uh, friend that comes to you can take the pressure off. A lot of people that are not able to sleep, including myself. Uh, the problem is not sleep. You know, sleep is in some ways, you know, a, a symptom. When we are not able to sleep, there is a symptom of something we are doing or something that happens during the day. And, uh, you know, if you would eat a big cheeseburger, you probably, you know, don't want to go to bed right away because maybe you would feel some indigestion. And if you think about what we are doing with our minds before we go to bed, it's sometimes similar, right? It's like, uh, okay, I want to wind down. So I'm just going to watch another CSI or a Walking Dead or whatever it is and stimulate my mind with tension or stressful situations. Of course, it's entertaining. Definitely is a nice distraction from whatever happened during the day. But your mind, who takes, especially the subconscious, everything literally, and in some ways everything personally, for your mind you have been just fighting zombies or resolving crimes or getting away, uh, getting away from, from a murderer, it's not very a relaxing environment. Same thing if you go and, and check on social media because you're thinking, well, that's going to definitely wind me down. Well, your mind is looking at other people's lives and there's definitely a part of your mind that says, oh, their life is so much more interesting. They have so much more fun. It's so much more colorful. Oh, they're all so much thinner than me. What's wrong with me? You know yourself. I know myself. So it's not necessarily what the mind needs to realize, oh, I'm safe. I can relax. I can let go. Because for sleep to come, we have to have our mind in a set point of surrendering, letting go, and not looking at anything complicated or anything that doesn't seem in our control or is too stimulating. So at least 60 minutes before you go to bed, no screens, no screens, TV, phone, pad, whatever, no screens. Instead, really be present. Be present with your cat, your dog, your children, your beloved, your pillow, whatever you want to do, you're just going to be present and you are using this as a winding down. It's, you know, mentally, emotionally, 
most of us are 70% of the day not in the present moment. It's like we're swirling like little helicopters through our lives and it never really touched ground. So these 60 minutes get you back into your body, get you back into a place of centeredness and, and rootedness, and then you naturally feel more uh, open to receive sleep because your mind lets go. Now, there are, of course, also phenomenons like this one that I found super interesting. It's called sleep procrastination. And that's when we are not wanting to go to bed, uh, 11 o'clock, midnight, we just feel like, oh, we are just, you know, starting the day. I was working all day long, so I want to have a little fun or I'm just a night owl. That's who I am. Well, it's not necessarily the case. What happens often is that we are so on task during the day. We are working so much for something or someone and don't have enough fun that a part of us just says, what about joy? What about just letting loose? What about living a little? And to counter that, basically, or what this part is doing, basically, is just keeping you awake at night because it feels like this whole day was so long and so boring and so hard. So let's, you know, enjoy the sweetness of life a little bit. And if you want to, you know, work through uh, this kind of sleep procrastination, which can be quite an issue, especially when you get this way out of the natural sleep rhythm, because you're overriding your desire to sleep and stay up longer than you need, and then the whole rhythm is screwed up, try to have a little fun during the day. Just realize, oh, I got too tense. I got too serious. I was just uh, not even realizing that I hadn't eaten in eight hours. I totally ignored anything that, you know, was maybe more meaningful than the job I was doing. I didn't listen to uh, you know, someone calling me and talking to me about what was going on in their lives. I didn't even, uh, you know, notice that it was already time to go home. I'm still here uh, sitting at the desk and whatever it is, just realize that kind of procrastination that also can lead to insomnia has basically the message for you that you have to find a little bit more balance in your life and not be so on achiever an overdrive mode. And that's the same when you are not able to sleep. There is a there is usually a message behind it. And for me personally, it was about pressure. I put way too much pressure on myself. I really believe that I can only find love uh, from my parents or get appreciation from them if I'm going to be the best in class. And that pressure from not being the best in class by far was just overwhelming. And a lot of uh, clients that I'm working with that have sleep issues tell me that their thought is about that they cannot really be there for others. My family doesn't really benefit from me when I'm tired. My job performance will slack off. Uh, or I'm just not, you know, good anymore for you know, uh, my friends, because I don't want to go out anymore because I'm just too tired. So they are thinking about this performance idea that life is a performance and they put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform. And if they cannot perform because of sleeping, 
the pressure only mounts because they're feeling they have to do it uh, now and um, and this is a vicious cycle and that's usually when you're not able to sleep there is a message behind it a message that you know wants to tell you something uh, for me personally when i couldn't sleep it was certainly the pressure of having to perform to get love and approval from my parents and since i was a d student at the beginning of high school having to be the best seemed like a long stretch and impossible mountain to climb and so i put a lot a lot of stress and pressure on myself and you know the vicious cycle you feel like you know i cannot sleep so i cannot perform and because i cannot perform i cannot really get what i need to get and then before because you know i cannot get it i need to get it the next day but what if i cannot sleep again and it just goes round and round i had a client who told me that story she told me that she had this enormous pressure to get sleep because her parents or her uh, children and her husband were dependent on it she felt like she gonna let them down if she doesn't have the energy to give them the best of herself she wasn't even thinking so much about herself so when you have that kind of pressure just realize this is also probably a reason why sleep has been uh, you know an issue for you because it was all about trying to make it happen so that you can perform rather than just having sleep as a natural occurrence that you know will happen there is something at stake here and that usually is connected to a sense of unless I do this and that or unless I please others or achieve something I am not good enough so the symptom of sleepless nights may help you to understand that there is something like a belief and a pattern that is bigger than that that you want to address and look at and see what you can do to resolve it and the same thing with being in control you know in order to be able to sleep we have to let go of control we have to surrender but if you had you know bad experiences let's say you grew up in a not stable household and you felt everyone else was out of control so you needed to take charge over your life or let's say you have been out of control in your 20s or 30s and you drank too much or you dabbled in drugs and then something bad happened and so a part of your subconscious took over and said okay from now on we're going to be all in control always uh, already seeing the the problems ahead having to-do lists and checklists that we are living by i mean if that is how you operate probably at some point sleeping becomes an issue because you don't want to let go a part of your mind says no i need to be on that control watchtower and always already predicting what's next and i cannot just let my guard down so you need to tell that part of you it's safe to sleep it's actually desirable because sleep is that friend that's gonna envelop you in a warm blanket of your dreams and it's completely desirable and it's healthy for this to happen this is what this client did who put so much pressure on herself she realized that that came from her childhood the the waiting of that uh, that sleep and the pressure that she put on herself 
came from her childhood where she had to every day during school time have to wait when she came home from school for her parents to arrive. And that could be any time between 30 minutes and two hours. And she was all alone. Sometimes it was dark because she didn't dare to turn on the lights. And so she was sitting there and, and there was this anxiety. What if the parents are not coming? What's going to happen? Who's going to take care of me? Who will find me? And that same energy she noticed was happening at night where she felt, where is the sleep? Why is it not coming? What if it doesn't come? Who will I be if I cannot sleep, if I'm always going to be tired? So when she realized and made that connection to her past, she started talking to that part of her. Just like putting a child to bed. She talked to this part and said all the right things. It's safe. I'm here. Sleep is our friend. It doesn't matter. You don't have to perform. You are always loved. You're always cared for. And just these hard opening and sweet messages made her so much more relaxed because she understood more why she couldn't sleep. And it wasn't just this ominous issue that seemingly had no, you know, no answer and no solution to it. That is really important for me to, to share with you. An anxious mind is not really an invitation place for uh, sleep to come. It needs to be an open heart. And if we have an open heart, naturally we feel differently, but naturally it's also easier to surrender and easier for us to, yeah, let sleep just enter and take over. And how to open your heart? You can do this every night by, like me and my wife, talk about the three highlights of the day. Or you can write every night down the things that you appreciate and are grateful for. Maybe even the things that you appreciate about yourself or how the universe showed up for you, where you simply, you know, look at the synergies when you felt in the flow, in the zone, or where these nice little happenstance happened that made you feel like I'm not alone. It's okay. Sometimes I open my heart by thinking about nice memories, the trip that I took, my favorite place in nature, a road that I was driving and uh, just thinking about how beautiful it all was and the smell and the sound. All of those things are just so relaxing. And again, getting me into this open state in a parasympathetic nervous system state, in a state of receptiveness, and that helps tremendously with falling asleep. I think it's good when we realize that sleep in some ways, you know, it's not only a friend, you can see it also as a bird. And if you're trying to chase it or if you're trying to hunt it down, it's going to fly away. So just being still, knowing it's going to happen, understanding that there are things you can do, things that you can do during the day, the setup around you, and also the things that you can do mentally, emotionally by changing your mind about it and just realizing it's absolutely normal that I will fall asleep. I just made too much of an issue around it. And the fact that I couldn't sleep isn't a sign that there is something wrong with me. It's just a sign that my mind says, you need to look at this closer. Maybe you put too much pressure on yourself. Maybe you want to be too much in control. Maybe there is something 
that worries you that you really need to address or learn to deal with your worries and anxieties. Sleep is not your problem. And finally, I just, you know, invite you also when you do sleep to not just say, oh, well, maybe tomorrow it's going to be again not there and maybe it's just going to fall back. So don't go into this, you know, almost like um, insomnia hypochondria where you're assuming that the next day will be bad again. Just celebrate it. Enjoy it. And even if it was just a small improvement, maybe you felt, oh, instead of four hours, I slept five hours today. Just feel it like, wow, this is great. I'm going in the right direction and embrace it because it's going to relax you more. It's going to make you feel like I get it now out of the habit of not being able to sleep. I'm going into the habit of sleeping and I'm not any longer afraid of going to bed. I'm actually enjoying it because every night I'm feeling more and more positive and in some ways also successful about it. So celebrate whatever changes you're making and look at sleep as something that you know is a natural occurrence, a friend that is just waiting for you to have all set up right so that it can come to you. Mm -hmm.